1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 256 of Locked On Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadians podcast, and we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I am joined by the incomparable active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, how are you on now a chilly Thursday evening?
0: I am doing great. I am excited to do today's mailbag. But also, I'm starting to miss hockey a little bit. and feeling a little bit bad. And when I say hockey, I obviously mean the NHL. Uh,
1: So, the NHL, they are still reiterating, they are pushing for a January 1st start date. Whether or not that happens is anybody's guess. And it seems more and more like we are going to get an all-Canadian division, which for better or worse, who knows, we will have more on that next week when we look at some divisional alignments. But... If you do want some hockey and you're not uh, able to watch the European leagues in the middle of the day, NCAA hockey starts tomorrow for the Big Ten, and that includes Cole Caulfield and the Wisconsin Badgers facing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on NBC and their streaming services. However, for good news for one Habs prospect is also bad news for another, as just before the show began, the rumors were flying that the Ivy League was going to cancel all of their winter sports, and they have done that, directly impacting Harvard forward and 2020 NHL draft pick Sean Farrell of the Montreal Canadiens. And as great as it's going to be to see all these new prospects playing in their teams, uh, Luke Tuck's going to be at Boston. Obviously, you have Struble and Harris at Northeastern. Rhett Pitlick is now signed with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, Montreal has half the UMD roster on uh, <laughs> under their control <laughs> right now. So uh, there's a lot going on, but one of the most exciting prospects in the pool now um, doesn't get to play college hockey this year. Uh, Sean Farrell has uh, no NCAA hockey to play this year.
0: That is absolutely devastating for him. I wonder how it's going to affect his development, because my understanding is he does have to go – to the university for at least a year, right, to maintain his eligibility. But he can't play in Europe, so, I like, what are they going to do?
1: Yeah, it's a very bizarre situation in that he can go back to the USHL. He is still young enough to play there, but he's already proven he's very good, and he's now going to be without a big number of his teammates who are on a uh, – a dynamic Chicago steel team. So it might be a step backwards for him. And as for the CHL, uh, his rights are owned by Valdor in the QMJHL, but I can't see him making that trip either because if he goes back, if he goes into the CHL, he signs a standard player contract. And I believe that would disqualify him from the NCAA, which I don't think is what he wants. And the thing is, if the Ivy League is canceled and then I believe the Liberty League, RIT canceled their seasons, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be alone in this because if there's outbreaks, other leagues might be forced to take the same action. And with so many Canadians prospects in the NCAA, this is really, this could be really bad news across the board if things don't get any better.
0: Yeah. If they don't have an alternative to keep, you know, developing because it's, it's not just about staying in game shape. Like when we're talking about older players going to Europe or, or or finding alternatives, it's it's about staying in game shape. But for like young, essentially kids who are still developing, who are trying to become the players of tomorrow, I think it's like it's a devastating blow to your development. Although, you know, we can't discount the fact that this is being done for health and safety reasons. Like I really don't want to sound like a sociopath on that front. Um, like, I think that prioritizing health is the best way to go. But, you know, I'm starting to sound like Darren Rovell. <laughs> I, I just mean that it's going to be tough on their development. Like, their hockey development is going to be delayed. And I'm wondering if that means that they have later start dates and later, uh, does it affect, affect the, you know, the, the window of time with which the Canadians have to offer them entry level contracts? Like, what happens to their future? in the pro leagues is my big question.
1: Yeah, it's – I assume he's likely to go back to the USHL. I imagine that's probably what's going to happen, and he'll go to Harvard the next year. I imagine that the eligibility thing isn't going to be that big of a dividing issue between teams just because these are unprecedented circumstances, and can you really – It would be unfair of the NCAA to be like, well, you didn't play this year. You lost your eligibility when they couldn't play at all, and they're not, like, injured. It's outside of their control. There is a pandemic going on that they cannot control in hockey. What I – my biggest concern is now is that I hope the USHL isn't, you know, kind of like we saw – we've seen with some players where they go back to junior for another year where they were clearly too good for the league at the end of it but they're not ready to make that next step forward and they kind of fall into that. Well, I don't really want to be here. I'm too good for this. And they don't really grow under anything. I don't think Sean Farrell is going to be that type of person, but I really hope that this doesn't stunt anything in his development because he's such a promising prospect that this whole thing, it's throwing off so much in, just development across the board. We're lucky that there's CHL hockey and that there's going to be AHL hockey in February. What happens if all these prospects playing in, you know, the NCAA don't have anywhere to go after this? It's
0: honestly like, that's a big question for, I think all kinds of hockey leagues and all kinds of hockey players you know, it, it is, these are extenuating circumstances. We're living in quote unquote, unprecedented times. And, you know, you're lucky if you don't get touched by the virus, but at the same time, there are all these considerations that you're going to have to make and all these alternative plans. So for me, it's just kind of like it would be very stressful for me from a career standpoint uh, to think about that. But we're also kind of in a situation right now where, like, we can't even decide anything before we know what direction the virus is going to take, when there's going to be a vaccine, you know, things like that, when it's going to be under control. There's all kinds of stuff to, to worry about that, like, I really don't envy the people that are trying to make these decisions that don't derail people's futures because of what's going on now.
1: Yeah, it's unprecedented times, like we've said. Um, we will obviously keep you up to date on how things are going across the board. Like I said, Cole Caulfield and Big Ten Hockey starts tomorrow. Uh, I believe I don't quite know when all the Minnesota schools are starting. We will keep you updated on that. We will do some rundowns of the games as they happen when the small goals boy does small goals boy things, but it is Friday. That means it is time for the mailbag, and we are going to dive into that coming up next. If you're like me, you are constantly on the go. You are trying to break through that wall every single day. You get midway through your day at work or you're having a tough day at the gym and you hit that wall and you need something to help you break through, But from the and now you can. From the fine folks at Built, Gar, Built Bar comes Built Go, the energy gel that is truly one of the best things in the world. I took it hiking with me, made it up the mountain, it took us about three hours to get up there at the top. I had the peanut butter honey. My girlfriend had the chocolate coconut. Simple, easy, delicious. Delicious pack full of protein, caffeine, and everything to help you break down your wall and do what you want to get, do and accomplish that day. They're easy to take. They're a one and a half ounce package. They come in three incredible flavors. All you got to do is rip the top off and enjoy the fantastic Biltco product. And right now, if you go to Biltco.com and use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go to Biltco.com, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off. Let's go and let's break down some walls. So it is time for our favorite episode of the week. It is the Friday mailbag. And if you ever want to send us your mailbag questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter or LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to hear all your Habs and hockey questions and everything else in between. Laura, what do we have for Habs questions this week?
0: So we're going to start with a question from DeSoves. Who says, hello, hello, L.O. Habs. Who do you think will be or who do you want to see as the Habs starting lineup on the first game back from this postseason? Who's your starting lineup opening night?
1: Um, I'm assuming that's three forwards, two defensemen, one goalie, correct? Yes. Um, I Vassili- mean, you could do
0: whatever you want.
1: I was going to say, it's just <laughs> the entire lineup is goalie since they've got a million of them. Carey Price at net. <laughs> You have Allen and McNiven on the blue line, and then you have Primo, Lindgren, and uh, Demchenko as your forwards. All goalies. All in full goalie gear. Try and stop them.
0: (laughs) Okay, so now, like, that's your lineup. What about Claude Julien as the coach, that lineup?
1: Oh, you mean a real lineup. Uh, Price and (laughs) net. It's Weber, Sherratt, and then I assume you start the big line. You start Tatar, Denno, Gallagher. It makes the most sense put your workhorses out there and get right to work right away that it makes the most sense to do that.
0: Right. And that's the thing too. It's that like, we're going to have training camp and potentially preseason games, whatever that's going to look like. But like the lines themselves will not have established themselves enough. Like the, the chemistry will not be established between all the new players and the up and coming young players that like you're what has been your top line up until now is going to be your top line what has been your top like defensive pairing in the past season that's going to be what you what you start with and then things will change over the course of the season I am for sure I believe like in my heart that there is going to be a different top line when you know over the course of the season and that like like these these rolling four lines is going to be so exciting for us because there's going to be a lot of different things that they can try that will succeed as opposed to us being disappointed like we do every year.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, there's options. We've said it so many times. There's options now, and it's so great.
0: Right? Like, I I truly i am so – that's why I'm saying, like, I feel a bit guilty because I miss hockey, but I don't want people to endanger themselves for my entertainment is, I guess, the big thing. All right. We have a question from Randy Hansen. It seems that Ryan Paling has got the message that he needs to be better prepared. Can he provide more to the 2021 Habs than Evans can?
1: If he reaches his potential, yes. As of right now, though, I have Jake Evans ahead of Ryan Paling on the depth chart because Evans has proven at the AHL level he's more consistent. He's paid his dues, and he's earned his spot. He's earned a chance to win that fourth-line spot as the center there. And even if he's playing as a winger, there's going to be competition there. Paling, just because he was a first-round pick and had his debut, hasn't earned that same spot yet. I think he's more than capable of earning an NHL spot this year. I really, truly do. I just don't think that right now it makes the most sense. I think he's going to take a lot of what he learned in his first year in professional hockey and apply that. And we could see Palin come out this year and just be that next level. We look at how Philip Deneau started his professional career, and it wasn't anything great. And then he grew and grew year after year. Palin might just be a little bit later bloomer than a lot of us thought.
0: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. And I also agree with with Randy's assessment that he's gotten the message he needs to be better prepared and obviously, last season was kind of like it started out bad luck, but we're we're gonna look to the future now. And I think I I 100% agree with you on that. So we've got Beth of the Happy Hour, and they've been churning out amazing episodes, so you guys should check them out. Uh, and here is the question: Which halves players or members of management do you think are the most likely to make winter holiday presents instead of buying them?
1: To make them? Oh, yes. man. Um
0: Like, does, like, a rock count? Because I feel like Shay Weber would find a rock and be like, here, this is your present, I love you. But, like, he wouldn't say the words, I love you. Like, he would expect you to understand that he loves you from the fact that he found a rock and gave it to you.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like, in reality, Jeff Petrie's probably someone to make something. He seems kind of crafty, but, like, I, He's also
0: got, like, lots of kids. <laughs> yeah, Even that's,
1: sad. yeah. I, honestly, like, none of the Canadians seem overly artistic in any way, shape, <laughs> or form. So, like, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, I'm going to stick with Petrie just for the time being, but I I would love to be proven wrong on this.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of them might also outsource the gift-giving to like other people in their lives. Like I just feel like I'm trying to imagine, let's say, uh Brendan Gallagher trying to like get a gift for somebody. Like I, I don't know that I would like I would necessarily trust myself. I would be like, all right, like who's like a friend or 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 my mom or or someone to like tell me what to buy. But I think I, I definitely agree that Jeff Petrie might be crafty in that sense. But I also think that a lot of them like they they might have hidden talents that we're just not aware of. So I feel like somebody like like an Arturi Lekinen maybe, or like he 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 might be like a baker and he'll like make you brownies or something, or like blondies or whatever treats people make around the holidays. It's been so long since I've done that. Um but yeah, I definitely would say like like my dark horse pick is that. But somebody like like Carrie Price would obviously, obviously outsource to Angela. Um and I'm I'm trying to think though like if if he didn't have her like if left to his own devices like he might like go fishing and just like bring you the fish. <laughs> I feel like that's a very carry price thing to do if 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 that makes sense at all. And I'm trying to think like I'm I'm determined that some of these guys are more interesting and crafty than we give them credit for. So, you know, if you know anything about the Canadian's hidden towns, please hit us up and tell us.
1: Yeah, I, I can imagine Shay Weber just kind of showing was like, here, I caught you a salmon and it's just this giant dead fish. And it's like, <laughs> what? I don't why don't you like this? Well, Shay, it's a 70 pound dead fish. Like, why do you think I don't want this on my table right now?
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, Do we have time for more halves questions in this segment or shall we push them?
1: Uh, we got time for one more Habs question, then we'll push the last one into our final segment.
0: So we've got an email question, or two email questions, and I'll let you choose who goes first, because the questions are as such. This is from Paul, Paul Frank. Thank you so much for emailing us. The question for me is, what do Canadians think of Americans who decide to be Habs fans, like Scott and me? And the question for Scott is, Scott, why is Yuppie one of the top five mascots in hockey And Major League Baseball history. So, which one do you want to do first?
1: I will answer the Yuppie question, and then I will let you take the other one, because one, Yuppie's the top mascot in baseball next to the Fanatic, because Yuppie literally got thrown out of a game for doing his job, because, like... We, we've talked about it on this show, where he was ejected from an Expos game in extra innings for doing his job and stamping around on top of the opposing dugout so much that the opposing manager complained and threw him out. You be walked, so gritty could run, and that's the truth.
0: <laughs> so that's that's the baseball reason. But I also like a thing that I've always wanted to know, and I I really hope there's an oral history of it somewhere. Is how when, when, when it was like that interminable, I don't know how many inning games it was, like what was it, 22 innings, 19, I don't even know. But he came out in like a nightcap and pajamas. And I was like, who was able to like put that together in mascot size, like during the game? Is that's what I want to know. I want to know how that came about. Anyway, so, uh, I guess that's your answer, Scott? Yes. Alright, so we can wait until the next segment for me to say what I think of you guys.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes, we have plenty of other questions coming up in our Friday mailbag and we're going to get into those coming up in a second. But first, I want to take a moment to talk to you about our wonderful sponsors at Built Bar who are some of our favorite sponsors that we have on this show. They are one of our favorite products that we have found through this show. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is soft, easy to chew, and comes in tons of flavors. It's got less sugar, less calories, more protein, more fiber, everything you could ever want in a protein bar. And you can just pick from any of the 18 flavors they have available. They have nut-free options in case that's a thing, and they have something for everybody. You can get raspberry, coconut almond, peanut butter, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp. Any number of options are available if you're looking for a nice, high-quality protein bar to have on your way to work to help get you through your day. If you're like me, you take them on hikes or after you leave the gym or go for a run. There are so many uses for them. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and put in promo code on, you'll get 20% off your next order. And you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. All you got to do, go to BuiltBar.com, put together your box of a dozen flavors, and there's plenty to pick from. Promo code on. Save 20% off and let us know what you think. We love Built Bar and we hope you will too. All right, Laura, what do we have left in the mailbag today? So
0: following up from the previous segment, Paul asked, Paul Frank, this is not Paul Brand Show, who also asked a bunch of questions that we are going to push because we have another special episode coming up that you guys will probably think we're nuts for, but that's coming up and and it's a secret. Anyway. Um the question was for me. Laura, what do Canadians think of Americans who decide to be Habs fans like Scott and me? So for me as a Montrealer, uh, I think that there's sort of like when you live in Montreal, even if you do not become a hockey fan, you kind of have this awareness of what what is going on with the Habs. There's such a like an intense part of the of the city's fabric that you can't avoid them, right? Like, when they're doing badly, everyone knows they're doing badly. When they're doing well, everybody knows what's going on, even if they're not actually watching the games. Um, When there's a big trade, you know, people who aren't hockey fans will immediately ask me, Laura, what do you think of that big trade? And so, like, it's so ingrained that I just, like, I have so much respect for fans who are not, like, immersed in it like we are who sort of take it on, like, become fans, like, learn about the history, like, start watching the games, because I would imagine it's a lot harder for you guys to find the games than it is for me. Uh It's also, you know, it's also just easier in Canada to find the games, right? And so a lot of times, like, I just, I find that I'm in awe of people who have that. And across Canada, I think that, like, you know, when you have Habs fans, like, that aren't from here. Like there's, there's like a big divide in the Maritimes between Leafs fans and Habs fans. And there's always like, who's going to show their true colors and, 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 and what colors like people wear. I think that that, that, um, like that also in itself is just kind of ingrained there as well. It's like they have access to it. I guess it's more accessible to them, not ingrained. It's more accessible to them. So for me, I just find that like people and it happens quite a bit in New York, like in, I call it upstate New York and I get yelled at because it's actually Western New York, but upstate New York counts as well. Like there's a lot of, a, a lot of Habs fans in New York state, in Vermont, in New Hampshire. Um, and so I just like, I just have so much respect for people who like actively seek out and become Habs fans.
1: Yeah, there are plenty of us here. Just go to a Buffalo Sabres home game if the Canadians are in town and it is a sea of red, Across the lower bowl. Uh, <laughs> what else do we have in the mailbag, uh, in The
0: mailbag. Mail so we've got one that's kind of... It's it's Randy Hansen's question, and it sort of is open-ended. I don't think he just means the haps. And he says, what is your favorite player nickname that you have heard?
1: Oh, man. All of them are so boring. Like, we've talked about this how many times that, like, player nicknames are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm against fighting in hockey, but I still think the greatest hockey nickname is Stu Grimson's old nickname. He, they used to call him the Grim Reaper, which <laughs> is like the most terrifying thing I could imagine on the ice, so.
0: It's like yeah. the most interesting one, right?
1: Yeah, it, cause most of them are, hey, you know, webs, or hey, pricey, or hey, galley. It's like, thanks guys. You're all very creative and I'm so proud of you for coming up with this.
0: I'm just going to go with top titty for Tyler Toffoli just because I just learned about it. And it's the only other one that isn't like adding Z and Y or or S and Y to somebody's name. So let's go with top titty. Uh, All right. So we've got a question from our friends at Locked On Ducks. Which fourth jersey that has been leaked or partially leaked are you most excited about?
1: I'm excited for the Kings one because I love the purple and yellow jerseys, I think I'm most excited to see what the Coyotes did, because there's purple in there, they've got the old, like, Kachina-style, like, lizards on the shoulder, and I'm really excited to see what they came up with for that, and I believe the Flames might be coming out with old Blasty the Horse again, which, if that's the case, I will buy them immediately. Like, I love that jersey, like, unconditionally.
0: (laughs) That's, that's kind of the one that I'm also most excited for. Like based on like the little of the fabric that we've been able to see, I actually do think that the ducks one, which we crapped on mercilessly a couple of weeks ago, might come out looking really, really sweet. But I do think that like the, the, the flames one is the one that I'm really, I'm excited to see what happens. And I really do hope, like you said, it is the old blasty. So. We've got a couple more questions before we get to our nemesis question of the week. Uh Randy Hanson, mailback question. U.S. Thanksgiving is around the corner. What are your favorite Thanksgiving movies? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Home for the holidays are our go-to films every year. Why is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas so underappreciated? So, I have to say I haven't seen any of this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have not either. Like... For me, Thanksgiving movies in the U.S., it's always on. For whatever reason, Indiana Jones and, like, Lord of the Rings is always on for Thanksgiving. And I feel like it's because they know that you've eaten too much. You're not going to get up off the couch to, you know, uh, change the channel to anything else. And before you know it, you've watched 12 and a half hours of Lord of the Rings. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, and you should really go to bed. So...
0: <laughs> I feel like... what's I think it's Sleepless in Seattle, uh, and it might take place over Thanksgiving, which is why it's always on on US Thanksgiving. And we don't get that time off, right? Like, so, so we're working full days and stuff. And it's just like a regular weekend for us. But I always end up, I seem to end up watching that over the US Thanksgiving weekend for whatever reason. I, and I'm pretty, yeah, that's the one with Meg Ryan. And okay. It, it does take place over Thanksgiving, or there's a part of it that, that's Thanksgiving related. Uh, Blaine Potvin asks, what's the strangest thing in your refrigerator?
1: Oh man. Um, I'm gonna say the sour beer made with raspberries and peanut butter. I, yeah, I think that's gonna be my answer, cause I think I've just disgusted half of our fan base by saying that. <laughs>
0: Uh it's actually made with peanut butter? Hold on. Like I, I know what my answer is gonna be, but now I'm I'm interested. It's actually made with peanut butter.
1: Yeah, um, so it's called from uh Mortalis Brewing in Avon, New York. It's called Hydra Froze Deuce, which I realize does not sound ideal. I'm going to see if I can bring it up here. Yes. I'm going to bring it up on Untapped, which is one of my favorite apps if you're a beer fan like I am. Um, oh wait, hold on. That's not the right one. When did this come out? Anyways, I thought this is the one that had peanut butter, and apparently this one is blackberry, apricot, sweet cherry, vanilla, cinnamon, and graham cracker. And they call it Hydro Frosé Deuce. And Man,
0: this, I want to try all of these things that you talk about.
1: Well, that's the thing is, if they, if the Country could get its act together. I'd say come down. We can go wait through the line, and I will send you back to Montreal with some of these beers. But here we are. Uh, What's the weirdest thing in your in your fridge, Laura? I got. Oh, know. I
0: forgot to answer this question. I was looking for the next question. I forgot to answer. Um, it's it's honestly it's not strange if you're me, uh, or if you're like me at all. But uh, all my skin care's in there. So like I've got like under eye patches, I've got like a jade roller in there. Um, it's usually a good idea to keep your skincare in the fridge to keep it from going badly, uh, going bad quickly. Uh, and I unfortunately, I'm not made of money. So I don't have one of those adorable little mini fridges that are meant for skincare, which if you're looking for a good gift for somebody who cares about skincare, they've got a bunch of them just Google skincare fridge that's like a really good gift idea for 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 the holidays if if that's something that you're looking for but yeah so I just instead of buying one of those I am saving my money and keeping my skincare in a basket in the refrigerator so you know like I I'm not like it doesn't seem strange to me doesn't seem seem strange to my sister but like when my parents come to visit they're going to have a lot of questions <laughs> Um, and so we've got another question from Mandy Hansen, specifically for you. Everybody's, like, focused on you, uh, this episode. I like it because you are the one hosting. Uh, Scott doesn't like pickles, but has he ever had pickled beets?
1: Pickled beets? I don't think I've had pickled beets before, so that is a new one for me.
0: If you like beets, they're actually pretty good. So, like, instead of, you know, boiling it or whatever, cooking it, like, you could just get them brined. And they have like the, the, the briny, vinegary goodness. So pickled beets are pretty good, but, um, I would just, I would say give them a shot, but don't like expect a hundred percent to like them and then blame me and get mad at me, but definitely give them a shot. It is time for our nemesis question of the week. And it is, it seems simple, but if you think about it, you might have a little bit of trouble figuring it out. Okay. Would you rather have everyone you have a grievance with, in parentheses, want to fight them, say mean things about them, hope they stub their toes, etc., know about it, or would you rather know about everyone who has a grievance with you?
1: The thing is, I've never been quiet about all the people I have um, any issues with, so I feel like most people that I have a grievance with probably know already, But if I were to find out everyone who doesn't like me, I think it would be so, so, soul destroying for my well-being, like my mental health, that it would like ruin my entire life. So I'm going to go with the first one because I'm pretty sure I'm not shy about letting people know if I disagree with them.
0: (laughs) See, this is why this is an impossible question for me, because I'm not the type of person who's going to raise a grievance with you. I'm just going to keep it in and bottle it up until like something happens that like bothers me enough that i explode and so most of the time that doesn't really happen we just everybody goes on living their lives not bo- you know we're not in each other's orbit i just i dislike the person and i wish not not bad things upon them but inconvenient things upon them like step on a lego or you know things like that um i i would never like want to fight somebody uh but uh yeah like i so Most of the time, like, I have a hard time with that, and most people wouldn't know that I have a grievance with them. But like you said, like, if I were to know about everyone who has a grievance with me, like, I would just be so upset by that. Like, I don't think that I would be able to handle it. So for me, like, my answer is neither. But gun to my head, if I had to choose, maybe I'd be a little bit better about letting people know that I have a grievance with them.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the right thing to do. So... Is that it for mailbag questions, Laura?
0: That's it for mailbag questions. If I've forgotten you, which I hope I haven't, I, I went all the way back to last week and, and listed all the questions, but just yell at me on Twitter and we will we will feature it on the next episode. And also, don't forget, we're going to be doing some fun, th- fun things next week. Uh, and keep interacting with us on Twitter because we love that.
1: Yes. yes. Uh, as always, if you want to send in mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians, you can tweet a lo- Laura at the active stick and you can tweet to myself at Scott Matla. You can find this show wherever you listen to your daily podcasts on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Uh, thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next time.